Jdeš prostě jela. A, hele. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. It's your dick. Do what? <laughs> Crisscross applesauce really accentuates your dick. <laughs> And with that, welcome back to the Circle of Dads podcast, everybody. You weren't recording. I sure was. <laughs> now they know. I'm Ryan, I'm your host, and I am joined by my queen. Mark. Hello. And uh, before we get started, we got to talk about some people. So... Um, we've got some sponsors, and I just wanted to real briefly remind you guys to go check them out, and we'll get through it pretty quick. So, uh, Berkeley Gold CBD, they're a locally owned, all organic uh, CBD company, and go check out their website, berkeleygold.com, and uh, for a discount, type in Circle15 at checkout and get 15% off. And then uh, Scott Hambrick over at OnlineGreatBooks.com. Uh, they have an amazing uh, program to where they walk you through um, the great reads. Is that right? Great books. Yeah. And um, the, the classics. So they kind of coach you through and, and help you understand and dissect things like uh, Socrates and Plato and and so if you go to onlinegreatbooks.com slash circle, I believe you get 25% off the first three months. And then, um, this is not a sponsor, but uh, he is a real good friend of ours and a friend of the show, and he's been gracious enough to come on the show and play Mexican Jeopardy with us, and um, it's Buster Frierson. If you don't know who Buster Frierson is, go check him out on Instagram. And uh, he is definitely a fun and inspiring guy to watch. Um, just by watching his Instagram, you'll be emasculated because he just does cowboy shit all the time. And uh, he just happens to be a pretty good looking fella at that too. So, you know, I don't take that for whatever it is. Yeah, if you want to look at a good looking cowboy doing cowboy shit, go check out Buster Frierson. But his company, Ranch Hand Meat Company, Ranch Hand Meat Co., he just started that, and it's uh, they guarantee only the highest quality proteins raised by smart farming methods that prioritize sustainable, all-natural, and humane animal husbandry over mass production. No artificial ingredients, no bullshit, and it's um, they offer like a subscription to where you pay a monthly fee, and then I guess a whole buttload of meat shows up to your house. A selection of sausages and steaks and... Yeah, I've checked it out. It's good stuff. You've checked out Buster's Sausage? <laughs> yes. Fuck. <laughs> well, if it's got to be that, I guess that's I'm okay with that. <laughs> and then our last one, who's not a sponsor per se, but she is the biggest supporter of the show and um, my biggest cheerleader. And she has started her own website and her own program. And so I'm going to let my wife talk about that. All right. So the website is martyannyoung.com, M-A-R-T-Y-A-N-N-Y-O-U-N-G. And um, yeah, I just put together a website in the last few months. And it's, it's my passion to um, help empower other women. And we can do that through nutrition, through movement, and through mindset. And I believe if you put all three together, you can get your optimal health. And, you know, there's really, just really no stopping you. So um, this is a subject I'm very passionate about. And I'm excited to, I'm excited to do more in that area. I think you're a force when it comes to that, you know, um, the way you connect with women. And I think you're an amazing role model for younger women. So it's not even just um, for grown-ups per se. 
I think young women would really, you know, if you have a daughter, um, I think a good example would be if you're a man raising a daughter and you don't really know how to navigate through that, like as far as helping her with um, body image and self-love and um, nutrition and how to work out and take care of herself because let's just, let's face it, you uh, teenage girls don't listen to their dads when it comes to shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a lot of them are on social media and the examples they have out there are fake. They're fake and they're filtered. And these poor teenage girls are comparing themselves to something on the internet that's fake. So it's terrible for their self-esteem and, you know, to compare is to despair. So they're just constantly comparing themselves to these, you know, these people on, on social media. So it's nice to have, you know, an influence that can, um, you know, talk some truth and some reality and some positivity into their life. Yeah. And I, um, you know, especially with a lot of the young girls now or all kids for that matter, um, they don't have a lot of interaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last six months they've been stuck at home and all they've had is just technology, just Mm -hmm. staring at their phones, staring at the screen whenever they're doing their online school. Excuse me. And so if you look at something long enough, you're going to believe it's the truth because that's your whole reality. That's all you're seeing. And, you know, as parents, um, I know it's um, easier because you've been spending so much time with them that it's like, look, man, I, just just go I really don't care what you're doing. Just go somewhere else and do it. You know, we need some time apart and nothing against your kids. It's just, you need space. Mm -hmm. And if you're stuck in a house with a bunch of teenage girls, God, you know, my heart's out to you. Mm -hmm. So if you want, you know, if you want some help, call Marty. Yeah. Anyways. So today, what do you want to talk about? I think we have an agenda already. We do. Yeah. Would you care to take a look at it and see where you'd like to start? Um, we were inspired the other day when we were talking about relationships and some of the relationships of of some people in our lives. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy for us to sit on the sidelines and be like, well, here's what their problem is. (laughs) You know what your fucking problem is. (laughs) But um, in a loving manner, we we have a friend who seems to pick the same kind of partner over and over again, and they they pick destructive partners. And so we've seen this, you know, we've been friends with this person quite some time, and we've seen him, you know, the person go through several different wives and girlfriends, and um, yeah, so we were just sort of lamenting the fact that they all seem like the same, the same person. So my experience in that area is that, um, you know, if you, you know, well, you know, before I got sober, I would say I would attract the same kind of guy over and over again, uh, needy and, um, fall in love on the second date. And uh, that happened after you got sober too. No, I just locked your ass. <laughs> you did not. Um, but just, you know, kind of coming on too strong and, and, you know, talking about love and marriage, you know, in the first week and yeah. Whoa. yeah. So anyway, but back to that. Well, the reason I kept attracting the same kind of person is that's the kind of vibe I was putting out. You know, I wasn't sober. I wasn't real. I mean, so anyway, you're going to keep attracting the same kind of partner until you do the work on the trauma or whatever kind of, whatever kind of work, um, therapy that you need to do on yourself. You're going to keep attracting the same person. Yeah. And trauma doesn't, I mean, trauma can come in a lot of different forms. Oh yeah. Everyone's experienced trauma. I mean, don't think that just because you haven't been, you know, beaten up or abused or molested that you don't have any trauma. Trauma is, is, I mean, there's this great book, uh, the body tells the score. 
and it talks about the ways that we can, um, body keeps the score, um, the ways that different people can experience trauma and how that can have an effect on their life until they figure it out, they work through it, and then they can, they can move past it. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, we, we just continue the same patterns, especially if, like, our self-worth, mm-hmm. our self-image um, of ourself, self-image of ourself, if, if, if we deep, deep, deep down believe that that's what we deserve, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's like um, you see a woman in an abusive relationship, right? But she keeps going back to him. Smart woman, educated, beautiful, independent, whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you're looking at it and you're like, what is the, f- what is, <laughs> what is your fucking problem? You know, the guy's an asshole or, or she's an asshole or whatever it is. And they keep going back and keep going back. That's filling some sort of, um, need maybe. And, and not like you need to get beat up, but just, um, that that's um that's jives with your inner dialogue right right and if that's what that woman was told by their by like me say a father figure growing up and then they're hearing the same thing from their their husband well then you can see how that can transition into a relationship like that and how that woman might not realize that there's anything better out there for her yeah let's uh let's touch on that so, you know, the guys and women listen, I get a lot of women that listen to this podcast and I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's for dads, air quotes, but I mean, it's, you know, it's for all of us just yeah. to unfuck ourselves so that we can better show up for our kids and ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you've, you were obsessed with fitness and being thin mm-hmm. And the idea of what you should look like. Looking perfect, being perfect. Yes, from, from a very young age. Um, so I can, I can speak from the heart on that. I, um, I, you know, I grew up with a dad that praised thin women and idolized thin women and always talked about people and their bodies and, t- you know, this and that. And if my mother was thin, well, he would just brag on her. And if she wasn't, he'd criticize her. So I grew up with that in my head. And I'm not a, um, I'm not a naturally thin person. I'm tall and, and athletic and, um, Thick. <laughs> yeah, with two C's. <laughs> um, so thank God at the age of 42, my body types in style. <laughs> Baby, it's always been in style. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I spent my, I spent my twenties, teens and twenties and thirties, um, starving myself, not my thirties as much, but the beginning of my thirties, starving myself and just trying to achieve that perfect look that, you know, just be as thin as possible, be as small as possible, be as look to look as perfect as possible. Yeah. Was there any particular, um, instance with your dad that you remember like that stands out? Not really offhand. I mean, just it was it was all the time. It was like, why all, can't you be skinny like so and so? Or or no, I mean, okay, yes, I can actually. So, um, it later came out that my dad was having an affair, but he used to always talk about um, my mom's best friend. Like we, they were best friends with a couple, and how skinny she was, and how thin her legs were, and how tan her legs were, and it was like he was obsessed with this woman's legs, and uh, it was odd and I remember thinking that's so weird that he keeps talking about that woman's legs and yeah so I mean just yeah just idolizing thin people so and then you know my first husband I mean I um he did too so I picked someone who was who was just like my dad in that area he was super critical mm-hmm. couldn't eat candy Mm-mm. couldn't drink Mm-mm. that was probably a good thing <laughs> As I later found out, but yeah. So you might have might have been right. You might have been onto something with that part. <laughs> you might have been right on that one, but um. Then it all, then you got divorced and just wheels came off vodka oh. and skittles in your purse and not giving a fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's an accurate 
description of my life when I was getting divorced. One of my favorite stories. <laughs> and I have so many. <laughs> and, you know, I'd say 90% of them are 100% factual. <laughs> Whatever. I like to not embellish, but add color to certain things to help. Thank God I have such a good memory. So illustrate. Can... We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> I can correct you. Um, first couple of dates, you know, we're both in recovery. And we hit the lottery with meeting each other in recovery. Because usually it's kind of like going to the junkyard to find a new car. That's not nice. That's not nice. But it's true. It can be. It can be. And it can be fabulous. We have lots of friends who are happily married and, and dynamic, amazing, in love couples. Yeah, well, yeah, because, you know, um, in recovery, we were taught how to date. Mm -hmm. We were taught, I think one of the biggest things that we were taught was boundaries. Mm -hmm. How to, like, say no and stand up for yourself. How to teach people how to treat you. Oh, that fuck, I haven't heard that saying in a while. Yeah, teach people how to treat you. We teach people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. If your boss calls every Saturday when you're off and you always answer, he's going to keep calling. It's just going to happen. No, I'm not talking about your boss. Yes, you are. I wasn't talking about your boss. <laughs> now I'm thinking about your boss. But your boss is like family. He is. He, so, yeah. Andy, he's a boundary violator too. But, <laughs> um. I thought you were doing pills, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, man, her, her purse sure does rattle a lot. Yeah, it was little boxes of nerds. Nerds. It was, I, it, was it was Halloween candy, and I bought, like, this huge bag for the house. And ho, I, ho, ho. When did we first start dating? Uh, <laughs> April. <laughs> but, so that's when it happened. I got them on clearance. <laughs> no, that's when it happened. It was about September. It wasn't in the beginning. But I did. I had I had probably three or four nerd boxes. But I ate that whole bag of candy and I had to buy a new one by the time Halloween rolled around. October's a long month. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so when we were... We started dating in, uh, you know, when we're in, we're in recovery, we're in sobriety. So we had like a group of advisors, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know how to date. I mean, the way that I dated was, I don't even think I dated. I, I just drank with people. I would, um, you know, when I was in high school, um, I wasn't exactly a catch, you know, nobody really wanted their daughters dating me. And then we would just party together and then that would just turn into whatever it turned into, um, as I got older, uh, I had a couple of long-term relationships. It was about a year and a half was each of them before I hit that self-destruct button. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd basically just take those people hostage. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, all the other ones, there was, it, was, uh, it was all pretty superficial. There wasn't anything of substance because I didn't have any substance. I didn't have anything to offer. I was walking around spreading my trauma like, Fuck. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I remember um being in my first marriage and being incapable of talking about things, about hard subjects, about um anything bad, just clamming just totally freezing up when it came to any tough conversation. And um of course that was he was super frustrated with that. I was frustrated with myself. I was incapable. But that's that's kind of how I grew up. We just, we didn't talk about bad stuff. We just shoved it down and pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. My family does that. Mm -hmm. My family just, uh, yeah, they, they, they don't deal with the emotional stuff very well. And, um, yeah, anyways, yeah. but like, so we started dating and I, It was the greatest time I had with anyone. And I, I don't just say that because we ended up getting married, but like we traveled together, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I'd never traveled like that. Yeah. And we, I mean, we just had fun going and doing whatever. Mm -hmm. We'd just go to Austin and just hang out for the weekend. And mm -hmm. that was stuff that I always wanted to do, but I just never did it, you mm -hmm. know, because I was always here drinking all my money away and. And then, and then, you know, I mean, um, 
Well, Jess and I split up. You know, I mean, we didn't do that stuff because we had a, a young child. And we split up and we had split custody. So it was kind of like I had my cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was real guilty. Felt real guilty about that for a long time. But Brian Mulhall told me about that. He said, man, I got a friend that's in the same situation that you're in. And he's like, dude, this is the greatest thing ever. I get to be a dad half the time. And then the other half the time I get to go take care of all my stuff and like have hobbies and live a life. And, and I, I get to have both things. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not ideal because you'd want to be around your kid all the time, Mm -hmm. but you still need to have a life because if you're just sitting around waiting for your kid to come over, then you're making your kid kind of your higher power. Right, right. And no kid needs to have that much power power, yeah, or pressure Yeah, because then the kid's going to grow up and he or she's not going to want to come over as much. And they're going to feel um, responsible for your emotions. Oh, yeah. You don't want that. That's heavy for a kid. You don't want that. Yeah, and it's hard enough for kids to be in a divorced house, Mm -hmm. especially if the two, you know, if you and the ex don't get along. Um, But, yeah, anyway, so we we were – one final point I want to say about that is, is, you know, the kid's going to start wanting to hang out with their friends and stuff, and that's perfectly okay. Um, But if if you've hung every – breath on them then whenever they start doing that man it's going to rock your world yes and then when they move out or they go off to college then what you're going to be well now i got to start living again and you're just not gonna you're gonna be starting from zero yeah um so what you're trying to say is that as parents they need to still um keep some semblance of themselves going you have to keep your own identity yeah i believe and I think there's a lot of safety and I can speak, I speak from the experience of having a kid half the time. Yeah. So we, we don't have a kid full time. Yeah. Cause I see people that, um, you know, like, like Todd, he, uh, he got custody of his, of his mm-hmm. kids and I can't wait till I get him on the show to tell that glorious story. That was, uh, well, I just kind of gave away the ending. <laughs> that it was a glorious story. Yeah. yeah. That's it. The end. Um, but you know, he had all the kids after all of that. And mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was it. Mm-hmm. And he was like shuttling, shuttling people around. He had three kids at three different schools. And one of them was in middle school. One of them was in high school. One was starting school. And I mean, that was his fucking life. And he did a great job at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but I think now it's like, kids are grown and it's just him and the man cub and it's mm-hmm. like well fuck what do we do right um but i mean i guess there's no right or wrong it's just no everybody's got their own path sure but just remember to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and when we were dating yeah man that was uh we did everything differently i i did everything differently than i'd ever done i never when I went to go pick you up for that first date, I remember, and I'm sure people have heard the story before, but I had that welding truck mm-hmm. with all the tools and the jack stands and everything in the back, and it rattled and just made all kinds of racket. And, you know, I was smoking at that time, so I was chain smoking inside the truck. Well, whenever we finally had our date nailed down, I quit smoking in it for like two weeks, which was a big deal because I spent a lot of time in the truck. So that was a lot of time I had to wait in between a cigarette. And I uh, went and had a detailed. And smelling like, I don't know, whatever the fuck they spray in there, cherry, something. Coconut. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, went and picked you up. I remember what you were wearing. And we went to go have sushi. Mm -hmm. I walked into a glass door. You walked into a glass door. I wasn't going to tell that story. It's okay. I'm not embarrassed by anything. Yeah. Um. And then took you home. Mm-hmm. Didn't kiss me. Didn't kiss you. Didn't, didn't try to sleep with me. Didn't try to move in with you. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got a bag with me and some boxes. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we took it slow. Mm-hmm. You didn't meet Abby for four months? Six. Six. Gus, go lay down. Go lay down, homie. And um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't without its trials. Mm-hmm. I still had shit I had to work through. 
You did. Some hang-ups. Mm-hmm. But we got through them. We did. And I had my own. Really? Are you being sarcastic? Oh, yeah. You don't speak sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm a very literal person. So when somebody's sarcastic with me, I'm like, wait. Are you being serious? I don't understand what's happening. What language is that? Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. That's why Summer and I can communicate so well. I know. And then, <clears throat> so here we are. Mm-hmm. All these years later, with zero problems. We've worked most of them out. Perfect. Everything's perfect. Pretty dang good. We've done... There was no sarcasm in that. Okay, good. Um, We've done a lot of fucking work. We have. I mean, neither one of us had... um, We we both came into a relationship with a lot of baggage. Uh Uh-huh. And we had to work it out. You know, um, three months into getting married... um, I'll tell this story. We... um, so we got married in September. We bought a house in December. Three months into getting married. We were kind of stretching financially to get this house. So we wanted to, it was this really pretty house, but it looked like grandma's house. So it had like pink tile and beige walls. And so we were going to paint it head to toe. And then Ryan was going to rip up all the floors. They had tile floor all the way through the downstairs. And I was going to paint it and had 20 foot ceilings in the living room. And we took on those two projects simultaneously and um we're at each other's throats yeah quickly and i remember that we were arguing about something and well arguing about how i was doing something <laughs> and you were like this isn't this isn't gonna work and i was like what this house you're like this marriage and i was like oh no you didn't <laughs> and so then that um <laughs> that sparked <laughs> our first trip to the to see counseling uh-uh you pumped the brakes. It was the trash can that's, that that uh, started the counseling. But did, oh, was it? I didn't put the. I was still cleaning. <laughs> I didn't put the. I took the trash out and I didn't replace the liner because I was still in the kitchen cleaning. And so that's what. Yeah. But anyway, it was in that same time period. It was fucking pandelirium. It just made no sense whatsoever. I wasn't done yet. I wasn't sitting down. I wasn't. I wasn't eating bonbons on the couch. But yeah, so that's where we uh, we ended up in counseling, <laughs> and we went to our first session, and she listened to what was going on, and she's like, "Okay," she's like, "I need to see you guys separately. Your issue isn't your issue is is on your own. It's not necessarily with each other's. We weren't each other's wounds. We were just the salt in each other's wounds." Oh, that's a good way to put it. That's an Andreaism. That's an Andreaism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean that that that. Uh... Fuck, looking back at that, that, that little shit like that, like closing cabinet doors, um, but not too hard. Don't slam it. Just shut it like a normal person. Why you got to be a monster? Um, Someone has a lot of hangups about. <laughs> <laughs> about what? Drawers and doors and things, certain things. They have hinges for a reason. Mm-hmm. If not, it would just be chaos. Mm-hmm. And besides, if you leave it open, everybody's going to see all the shit you've shoved in there to hide. Our cabinets are very neat. Uh, well, I was just speaking in general terms. Okay. And no, they're not. They're kind of neat. They're, if you open that bottom cabinet that has all our water bottles in it. Oh, that's a shit show. But it does have a basket for the shaker bottles. That only holds like 10% of the shaker bottles. And when you pull it out, it makes all the other avalanche of Yeti cups and whatever else fall out. We haven't found a solution yet for that. For the, the, the cabinet of cups. We, I think we need to get those container store drawers that pull out. And it's like little, it's like little bins on, on a, ro- on a mm-hmm. roller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe if we had that and we had like little sections so we could just put. We, sh- we'd be all fixed. <laughs> yeah like so like that box that i have for the oils we need one of those for water bottles yeah and for mail baby i'm working on that <laughs> i don't know how i just i can't <laughs> i don't know what it is i know what's in there i'm not scared of it it's nothing that needs to be addressed but it's nothing i can throw away and if i put it away i'm gonna forget where i put it it doesn't make any sense i understand 
the that pile causes me more anxiety than it causes you i assure you it's a lie no it's a lot i feel shame when i look at it but not enough to actually do anything about it (laughs) so how could we push you over the edge i don't know maybe keep adding to the pile (laughs) yeah so anyway so um yeah we worked through all that shit Mm -hmm. i think the key is the communication but the you know there you look at what a lot of couples fight about man and it's um and when I hear, they fight over. Okay, go ahead. When I hear people that I love, that I know are good, good people, great people. Yeah. And they're having these fights and these these, you know, hangups, these things, and it's like, what the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. But you can't really go talk to them about it because then they know that one of them was talking about it, and they, you know, hold that shit so close to their chest. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, but you, but you know, it's a pressure cooker, like something bad's going to happen. And if I don't, I, well, it's, it's easy for us to see, you know, from the outside looking in, but it's harder when you're in it. But that's why people like, there's a lot of shit that I would have never seen had somebody not been like, Hey man, you know, like you're doing this and think about it like that because we're so justified in our actions. Right, we're so fucking, we're so um, entitled to feel um, indignant of of just uh, anyone else's opinion, I guess, on the matter. Yeah, and we, you know, it makes us feel better to have someone to blame. Right. It's easier if you're blaming someone, then you don't have to look at what's going on with you. Yeah, because you, if you're always case building on somebody else, that takes. That I mean, you're pointing all your fingers at them mm-hmm. and it's it's hard because so many good relationships fail that way and especially with social media and 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 um you know comparing yourself to everyone else's illusion their filtered life mm-hmm. the insta perfect life um i think we do we do a decent job of putting the reality out there oh yeah i show my ass as much as possible yeah. I don't want anybody. I don't want anyone to think I'm perfect. Fuck no, because I don't want to have to uphold that standard in public. Because yeah. there's a chance I'm going to show my ass in public. And, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, he's like that all the time. So I got an appointment. I had a doctor's appointment on Thursday. And um, it was at one thirty. It was in my calendar at one thirty. I got an email saying it was one thirty, And I show up at 2.07. Mm. Super proud of myself because I'm 23 minutes early. And so I call because you can't go inside. You got to call. And they're like, yeah, your appointment was one thirty, not 2.30. And I was like, oh, my God. And I felt like, oh, I felt so much shame like I was like, how did I, how did I do that? How did I get that wrong? Because I'd taken the day off and I was just doing things all day. I mean, I could, I could have easily been there at one thirty, no problem, no problem. So, anyway, I told one of my friends about it, and she said, "Oh, thank God, does that mean you're normal?" And I was like, "Oh no, I'm still putting out that perfect persona, but I'm not perfect." Let's talk about that. Okay. What makes you imperfect? I know all the answers, by the way, but I just want you. <laughs> what makes me imperfect? Yeah, um, come on, let's 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 hear some of your shit. You don't want to talk about it? Sh- oh no, no, I can. You just turned an interesting color. <laughs> Even more mocha than you already were, but like more Cherokee, a little red behind there. Um, let's see what am I by oh, my shit. Um, let me hear some of your closet quirks. Okay. Eating icing in the pantry at two o'clock in the morning, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, there's icing in this house right now. <laughs> this is the <a> freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Next to the cocaine. <laughs> we don't have cocaine. You don't put it in the freezer either. It's in the freezer. The cocaine. Oh, I wouldn't know. Okay, moving on. Sarcasm. <laughs> see what I mean? Jealous? See what I'm dealing with? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a sugar addict. For sure. Um, I buy probably too much food. That's not accurate. Uh, then why do we always run out? I don't know. But I'm always like getting deals and overbuying things. But we eat them. We do. And we don't go out to eat near as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. 
Lay down, guys. I um, have a hard time making myself go to bed at night. I really love to binge watch TV shows. I love to binge listen to um, audiobooks. I think these flaws. I. Those aren't flaws. Yeah, I can be a little fearful. Of? Um, just change and not being in control. Not, um, not, not getting my way in certain situations. Yeah. Uh, I can be controlling. I can think that I'm right about everything. And. Damn. Uh, I didn't have any of this written down. Keep going. <laughs> um, my struggle with boundaries sometimes. Certain people. And other people, it's just as easy as can be. But, yeah, I do struggle with boundaries. Like letting people too close? Like mm -hmm. letting them abuse boundaries too much? Well... Yeah, yeah, maybe so. My time. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you know, I, in my opinion, is you're very, very generous with your time, mm -hmm. and you have a very s service-oriented heart. Mm -hmm. um, but that can go too far. Yeah, well, yeah, like as to where you're not being of service to yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a fine line, you know, of like. Saying no is a powerful thing, and um, th there's a lot. Um, you give yourself a lot by saying no, mm -hmm. and yeah, anyways, I'm sorry, keep going. I'm obsessive, uh, can be judgmental. Damn, I didn't want to go into your whole inventory. No, it's fine. What else is? This was supposed to make you feel good. Well, just all the things that I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect to a lot of things. Well. I can be vain. Ah. Yeah. So? <laughs> Why? But see, vanity to me, if you like the way you look... There's nothing wrong with that. That's being confident. Yeah. If you put your looks over everything. Well, yeah, I, I definitely don't do that. But, you know, I like to have my hair highlighted and, of course, my eyelashes. I like to get Botox. I love lip filler. And, yeah, just all the things that I do. And paint my nails this sparkly, neon, iridescent shade of pink. That's not vain. That's not vain. That, and it, I, I do not think that's vain. I think that's just, and even if you weren't my wife, yeah. it makes you feel beautiful. Yeah. I love your eyelashes. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> you, you've, like, I've seen you without them in the last couple of years. Well, yeah, I know, during the pandemic. Oh, you girl, you were all patchy. No, and then they uh, like, all finally fell out. It took it took a very long time. They all fell out. So, um I got these magnetic lashes that were fabulous, but I'd have to like put them on and take them off every night. So in the morning before I put my lashes on or at night, right, Brian would look at me and I'm like, oh my God, you look so weird. I would not say you look weird. You told me I looked so weird. Different. Different. You See, look weird and different. <laughs> I heard weird. You said different. Different means, wow, that's a completely different color of gray. Weird means... Your dick looks like a sea urchin. That's 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 weird. No? Oh, well, just try not to yawn. <laughs> but yeah. I thought I was gonna have to like I was seriously plotting going up to the Christmas decorations and trimming like pieces of the Christmas tree off and painting them black with Sharpies and I was gonna make you I had I had some glue, little eyelashes. I had glue on lashes. I just didn't want to do the glue on ones. I when I see people with the glue on lashes and they're like curling off their eye it's like damn baby it's been a rough week hadn't it mm -hmm. your shit is just coming off mm -hmm. see i don't think that stuff's vain who the fuck says that's vain you you just said all these things that you do make me happy they make you happy they make you feel, feel beautiful you spend the money that i mean it's your money mm -hmm. like it it's not something we go into debt for no and 
and someone somewhere along the line labeled that with vanity. Yeah. Vanity to me and being just obsessed with yourself is like you look at yourself in the in the mirror and you're like fuck and you're just like sexually turned on by it or you're you know that is the only thing that matters like you cannot connect with people because you're too busy looking at yourself in the mirror like the only thing that matters is how you look nothing on the inside and that and you are anything but that so so who the fuck who was it bitch tell me tell me his name who tell who tells these women or anyone that that is vain i just don't agree with that well, perhaps in my life, I have focused too much on that or focused too much on how much money I make or how successful I am or just like focused too much of my self-worth in that. So we're going back to inner dialogue. Yeah. Anything, anything to not fucking look at what's going on in between our ears. Mm-hmm. If I make enough money. If I'm taking my kids on vacation, if I'm, if I buy a Rolex, if I get this truck, Mm -hmm. if I make this bonus, if I do this, if I wear these ostrich skin boots, then I am a fucking success and nothing else matters. Right. And I grew up without anything. So then when I started making money, I was buying all this shit and I love shit. I love nice things. I've always loved clothes. I mean, I, ever since I can remember I've, I've loved fashion and furniture and architecture and, and art. And these are the things that speak to me. Right. So, um, naturally I'm drawn to them and I, I don't buy things just because of a brand. I buy things because of the way they look and the mm-hmm. quality. And sometimes those go hand in hand, but not always. Um, and so if I buy a nice pair of shoes and I'm super proud of them because I can afford them, and they look good, they feel good, they make me feel good. And then someone tells me I'm superficial or vain. It's like, fuck you, man. You no, know, no one's telling me that. No one's telling me that I am. I can just, I can. You're telling yourself that. Well. And that's worse. Well, I, I think I can get too caught up in it. I can put too much importance on it. Well, I'm going to just say it to you again. I loved you and you were perfect as you were when I met you. I love you and you're perfect as you are right now. And I'll love you and you'll be perfect however you end up being. Well, thank you. I'm really hoping that in about 20 years I'm going to get some beautiful silvery gray hair. Baby, I think it's going to happen in about five. But I have like two gray hairs. It's kind of, Well, all right. I think I would have more if I were going to grow gray. When did your mom turn gray? Like in her late 50s. Oh, and she had four kids. Yeah. But you got but, me, and that's like... But I have my dad's hair, but he went gray at 35, and I'm 42, so I, I, I have hardly any gray hair. I was really looking forward to being gray. Mm-hmm. Your beard's gray. Yeah, it's got a little patch in it. My chest hair's gray. Mm-hmm. And my... What my hair left is like now it's growing out and it's silvery. I can see it glistening like a bass boat in the mm-hmm. sun. Your mom's hair is beautiful. Yeah, it is. I love it. Your mom is just so beautiful. She is. I love everything about that woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just walks on water. Yeah. We were so fortunate. She stayed with us a couple of days earlier. Was that last month? Her AC broke, and uh, she toughed it out for a couple days at home. And then we were like, please come over. Please come stay with us. And that was that was so much fun. How long did she stay? Three days. Yeah. I paid the service tech to not do it for one day so <laughs> she could stay a little bit longer. Yeah. I was like, dude, I'll, I'll give you $500 if you just make up some excuse why you can't get it done today. But I look at her, and I see you. Yeah. And, I mean... And she's kind of fucked off. Oh, yeah. In the head, for sure. She laughs at at things I laugh at. Yeah. She's got a little evilness in her, and I like that. She's got the evil laugh. She's got the evil laugh. Yeah. I say lots of cuss words around her, and she doesn't even flinch. Mm -mm. She loves me. She does not curse at all. Mm -mm. But we're getting off topic. We are. So, we've... mm, 
I don't know how to reel that back in. We're talking about inner dialogue and okay. dating and partners. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, things that would cause problems in relationships, you know, like if you're not, if you're not okay with yourself, it's going to be really, really hard to be okay with somebody else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But if you keep filling that hole in you, whatever it is, daddy issues, low self-esteem, abuse, trauma, whatever it was, and you keep filling it with superficial things, then the wind is going to keep blowing through that hole. Right. You know, you know, I've heard it said that's a God-sized hole that nothing else can fill. And you can call it God, you can call it a higher power, you can call it the universe. But you need to have some, my opinion is, that we all need to have some belief in something greater than us. And without it, you know, we're going to feel empty. And that could be mankind. And that could be of service. You could be a diehard, no bullshit, I don't want to hear another fucking word about it, I'm an atheist. You know? I'm a meat sack, and then when I die, that's it. I'm okay. worm food. But, okay, so if you want to be happy, healthy, and live a fulfilling life, well, then service is the answer. Right. So you believe in service to the to mankind. Yeah. So okay. you spend your time being of service to others. Mm-hmm. But you got to start by being of service to yourself. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you know, it's my opinion that a lot of us need therapy. We do. A lot of us need therapy. Everyone needs to talk to somebody. Man, it's just like, there's something there. And it's, I was so against it for so long. And because I I went to a lot of therapy when I was a a kid, because I had a lot of issues from dad and some abuse and um, just a couple of um, near death and actual death experiences. You know, like when I had my head injury and I got brought back and all those things. I mean, that. You know, it's trauma that that created a lot of uh, a lot of hiccups along the way, and then you know booze and drugs as soon as I could get my hands on them, and so I was hiding from who I was, and hiding from my emotions and my feelings since I sent from fucking fourteen to twenty nine, and once you start using anything like that, any drug or alcohol or whatever it is, to hide from your emotions, you. In my opinion, from the way it's been explained to me, and you can kind of tell in the rooms, but um, you quit maturing emotionally. Right. So when I got sober, I had the emotional maturity, really, of a of a 14 or 15-year-old. Uh, my reaction to things, my perception of things, the way that I viewed the world were not healthy. And I mean, I had charm and I could be fun, but I was miserable. Like, I mean, I had no joy, no serenity whatsoever. And I brought that into every fucking relationship. And then that became their fault, you know, and, 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 um, and God, I mean, and then you pick people that, well, you water seeks its own level. Right. So you end up with people with their own quirks and then it just turns into this toxic, toxic fucking relationship. So how do you break the, break the cycle? Well, you break the cycle by, you know, if you're not in a relationship and you realize that you've had those patterns over the years, then you need to stop, stop dating, stop seeking, stop getting on Tinder, stop looking, you know, stop, stop and do the work seek therapy, talk to someone and figure out why you're attracting that. Because if you don't, you're always going to attract the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if, uh, there's trust issues, if you've always struggled with jealousy, insecurities, going through your partner's phone, Mm. let's just go ahead and say that that's a big fucking no, no. Yeah. Well, if she doesn't have anything to hide, blah, 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 or we don't, it doesn't matter. You got to have some privacy. You know, there's, there's, it, everyone deserves, and it's, it's, it's a human right to have privacy. And that's something that we don't have a lot of these days, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't have a conversation on your phone because you're scared your boyfriend's going to see it, even if it's a personal conversation with a best friend, you know, or, uh, a family member or whatever, then, you know, there's some issues with that. Mm-hmm. 
if you feel like you have to check your woman's phone when she goes to bed, honestly, man, it doesn't fucking matter what you find because you've already, you've already broken the trust. Yeah. You've already committed a huge violation. And if you do find something, well, why are you with a person that would be doing something sketchy like that? Or how much mud have you thrown in the water of the relationship to where that's where they've turned? I'm not saying it's your fault, but I'm just saying like there's two involved in every thing, you know, everyone has a part in a relationship. So if you're in an ugly fucking relationship and there's no trust and, and, and it's just, it's not working. Even if, I mean, even if you don't like just, jump ship and you're like fuck it i'm I'm not saying like every everything um warrants just cutting bait and starting over right then you need to step back and like i'm gonna go work on myself i'm gonna figure out what it is going on with me if they're not into therapy if they're like i don't have the problem you're the problem like okay whatever and go work on yourself because it's not it's not gonna do anything to harm you it's like going to the gym emotionally mm-hmm. you're only gonna get better and the more information you have about yourself and about how you react and how you perceive things and how, how situations really are, um, the more educated decisions you can make on the day-to-day basis. Right, right. And now you said it's not going to harm you. And let me be clear, though, that, that going to therapy or talking to a counselor or a psychiatrist or whatever it is, is not comfortable. Oh, no. It's tough work. So is the gym. Yeah. It's just like the gym because it's not comfortable. You've got to look at some stuff that'll probably be hard to look at. You know, sometimes it's hard to realize things about yourself, but if you're able to listen and to hear that, then you have the opportunity to build a better life for yourself. You can stop the pattern. You can stop the cycle with you. Absolutely. And it, and it's, um, no, it's, it's not fun at all. It's not all burritos and blowjobs. It's, it's, it sucks, but at some point it, it shifts to where it's like, it's not like you're going in there to get kicked in the teeth. No, no, no. But you've got to relive some painful things and kind of get to the root of why you react that way, why you do this. And because listen, we go into therapy to work on us. If, um, if I go into therapy and all I do is talk about you, well, then I'm screwed because, um, I can't do shit about you. I can only change me. And if you change you, that other person will either change or go or go. Yeah. And when we get healthier, everybody in our life gets healthier. Yep. It's been my experience. Mm -hmm. That's why you got so healthy. (laughs) I fixed you. If you're going to roll your eyes, <laughs> they can't see it. Eye roll. Big eye roll. You know, another thing that, um, you know, money. People's ideals about money and their beliefs and what it stands for and what it means and what it says about you and what it says about other people. Like, I, we grew up without any money. I mean, I, mom was single and raising two kids on a low paying job and my dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. I can, I can remember, um, yeah, I don't remember very, he, he was, I can only remember him in about 20% of my childhood. Okay. Yeah. He came in like he was around, but he wasn't there. Right. And so I grew up in, um, it kind of shifted because I remember things were, like there were good years and bad years, uh, you know, and then my parents, my dad built this big house and, and then I remember my teenage years, it just seemed like there was endless money. There wasn't, but it seemed like it. And that was when things kind of started going downhill with my dad and his spending and, um, yeah, I mean, which ultimately left, led to, you know, a bankruptcy, but yeah. So I grew up with just out a lot of consequences with money. I mean, we didn't have it and then we'd have it, but then my dad would just spend way too much on us. 
Yeah. You know, and like buying that love, buying that respect. I don't think he, he wasn't buying love or respect. I think he was buying the approval of others, the opinion of others. Sure. What bothers me is, um, and this is my own shit, but since I grew up hearing money's the root of all evil, money's not everything. You know, basically, if you had money, you stole it. You know? And by the way, they got that, that, that saying wrong. The love of money is the root of all evil. Right. And um, oh, thank you. That changes everything. Doesn't it? <laughs> Sarcasm. Um, but it, it was money was the higher power. Mm. Not having it. That generational impoverished thinking. And then all you're doing is you're ingraining that in your kids that if they want anything, then they're bad. You know, they're being um, high maintenance or, or, uh, or bratty or I, I can't think of the right word for it right now. Um, and then I meet grownups that money is their higher power in saving it and they'll just they've got plenty but it's never enough it's never enough and that becomes their higher power and that becomes their driving force and these same people will say man i just want to have enough i don't want to be rich i just want to have enough what does that even mean Mm. you know because like you say that and that really doesn't mean shit because for one you've proven that enough is never enough and two like what does rich mean to you like what is wealth to you because wealth to me is i've it it's not a monetary thing i mean you know there's wealth like if you have a jet sure now don't get me wrong i would love to have a jet i mean to me wealth is 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 having what you what you need and probably a lot of what you want too. I mean, it's, it's having some luxuries, but I mean, that's wealth. That's wealth of physical possessions. We, we also have wealth of love and of relationships and of joys in life. Sure. But we're not talking about that. No, we're, we're, we're talking about people that make, you know, when you make money, your higher power Sure. and that scarcity mindset. Right. And so, you know, the difference between a scarcity and an abundance mindset, um, I would I would urge any of y'all to just look those up and research that. Right, because if you say that, like, oh, we don't have enough, you know, it's it's like the, I saw a saying today. It's like, oh, I really I really want that, but I can't afford it. Or you say, um, I really want that. How can I afford it? You know, it's just that twist, just that twist. Like you, instead of saying I can't, you say how can I? But it's just about a mindset. You can either decide that life is too expensive and you can't have that. Or like that's for, you know, that it's evil to want more. Or, you know, it's wrong to, to want or to ask or to want these bigger things. Or you can decide that, you know, whatever your higher power wants you to, to have all of your heart's desires. And, you know, that if you if you give and you're generous in the world, money money comes to me easily and effortlessly. I do believe that. Yeah, that's one of my um, affirmations. Give it away. Money comes to me e- easily and effortlessly. Yeah. And then, yes, you've got it, but you've got to spend it. You've got to keep, you've got to be generous with your money because what's it going to do if you just hoard it all to yourself? Yeah, because you suck the life out of it. You're just watching numbers and then all of your life value is based on that number. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen several times in our lifetime how certain, um, certain things can change that in a blink of an eye. You know, you're in the oil and gas industry. Mm-hmm. Oil goes from $56 to negative 37 in a month. Yeah, and a lot of people are like swishing gun oil, wondering mm-hmm. what the fuck they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Or you've got all your money in the stock market, and it takes a dump. Mm-hmm. Then what? Mm-hmm. You took all of your money. You took everything. You scrimped on, you know... Christmas presents and vacations and your time, your fucking time. Your kids are growing up. They're going to be gone. 
all that money is going to be gone too. And your kids are gone. And the time is gone. And your wife, I mean, you don't even know what she looks like naked anymore. Because you've been so busy chasing that fucking carrot. Because that's going to what? Make you a man? It's going to fill the hole. But it doesn't fill the hole. Well, that's what they think. And I mean, you know, and I even had that because like when I first got sober and I started making money, you know, I was just working nonstop because I was also hiding from drinking. Like I was, if I was out there, I, I couldn't drink. Um, and I would get it and I would spend it. And then it was like, eh, you know, whatever. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. But. But we also have the, like, you, yes, there's scarcity and abundance, but at the same time, you have to be responsible. You have oh, to be a good yeah. steward, steward of your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's super important that you don't let fear drive you. Right, and it's super important that as a couple you're both on the same page there. And you don't bring that fear into your house. Right. So, like, if you're worried about, God, this is, you know, like, don't talk about money in front of your kids would be a suggestion that I would make. Oh, but but they still need to learn about money, though. Not about fears. No. The money fears. Like, oh my God, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. We don't have any money. Holy shit, we lost so much money. I didn't make any money this week. Oh my God, what are we going to do? You can't fucking spend that much on hot dogs. What are you doing? You can't bring that shit into your house. That's a... That's... That's a fucking cancer you're bringing into your house. Any good you think you're out there doing in the world, like grinding and sweating and, and hustling... You just shit on when you walk into the house and bring that energy into the house Mm -hmm. because your family needs to feel secure. And so if you're out there wielding your sword and battling all day and then you come home and, and it's just nothing but horror stories, then how secure can your kids and wife feel? They can't, they can't, they need to, you know, they, they need to feel safe, Mm -hmm. you know, and as women, that's a big part of our, of our, like, our attraction to our husband is feeling safe, feeling secure, you know, feeling. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean just financial. I mean, it's, no, it it's doesn't. not, I mean, you know, it may be the woman makes more money. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully y'all, um, any of y'all got anything from that or I think we made some good points there. I think we made some great points. I think we got a little squirrely. I mean, two two people with ADD. <laughs> it happens. And uh, you know, I have. I'm. We're in our 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 studio. We are in our little comfortable chairs. I'm holding a dog in my lap because he was he kept laying on my um, cord. So we have our our amazing dogs. We have Newt mm-hmm. and the, Gus. Newt's the baby. And if you can tell me where those names came from, the significance of them, <laughs> I message me and I will send you something. First mm-hmm. person to email me um, on Instagram yeah. or Ryan at Circle of Dads podcast. Mm-hmm. So please check out our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, they help us and so you guys could help them and they're great products. We wouldn't back them if they weren't. If you have any women in your life that think might, um, cause here's the thing, fellas, we can't tell them what to do. We don't get to tell them. I am not my wife's coach. I don't even offer her advice on how to put on socks. I'm, I'm not the guy that's part of our success. But sometimes they can hear from another woman. Sometimes they can hear it from someone who's been there before. Yeah. I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but I have a lot of experience. You got a lot of fucking wisdom. Yeah. There's there's a lot of that self-love and um body image and and how to empower yourself. And I think I think really the most important thing and and as dads, the one thing that we'd want for our wives and our daughters is for them to feel no matter what, wherever they're at, however they're where, what, whatever, where the, wherever they are on their journey, we just want them to feel beautiful and confident. Mm-hmm. And that means on the inside and the outside. Um, that doesn't mean that Marty's going to tell them to go get eyelashes and Botox. And mm-hmm. that's just her bag. That's the stuff that she likes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
I'm so proud of you for doing that. Thank you. I know that it's going to be an amazing experience for anyone that's involved in it. And I know that my life with you has been an amazing experience. As has mine with you. Thank you for saying that out loud. <laughs> we have a pretty magical life. It's fucking majestic. Mm-hmm. It is so fun being me. Even on the hard days. And there's some fucking hard days. There are some dark days. That oh, You said dark. You said dark. I said hard. Okay. I was going to say dark next, but you said it first. And that's a little fucked up. <laughs> 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 that's a nice laugh. <laughs> the evil laugh. And it gets dark, man. Like It gets dark in your head. That shit comes. It creeps back every once in a while. and uh, I try to throw love and, and happiness and white light at it. And sometimes you... <laughs> so loud (laughs) (laughs) with your with your love deflection shield it's just you know sometimes the recipe is cookies and titties i'm just going to tell you that the white light is amazing and i appreciate the effort but if we want to just get right to the heart of the matter sweets and showing me your boobs is i'm i'm sorry that i'm such a a child when it comes to that it is what it is these are easy fixes they're easy fixes it's easy so, thank you so much for listening to the Circle of Dads <laughs> podcast. Um, thank you so much to my wife for joining me again. Happy to. This is fun. And uh, thank you, Newt and Gus, for being good boys. Mm-hmm. And, and not barking. Or making any any noises. Beyond snoring. Yeah. And uh, you do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. Love runs downhill. We chase those kids till the day we die. Thanks for listening.